Amen. Well, we're living in the last days. The devil is so mad. Amen. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me start out by saying this, that um, we, uh, this, this, this time that we live in is not just political. This is a spiritual fight. You know, it doesn't, I, I'm, I'm just a pastor. I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm employed by the Lord. And so when I preach about politics, it's not because I, have a, I want to, don't have a favorite politician or a favorite platform. I have to represent the kingdom. All of us have to represent the kingdom. Amen? And so there is a war in the spirit realm right now for, the, for this country. This country is really the only representative democracy in the world other than probably Israel. And the two most hated nations in the world are Israel and the United States. Uh, because, number one, Israel is the homeland of God's people, his natural seed, and America is the only ally that Israel really has. Amen. If, you would, if they would attack Israel, um, we would be behind Israel. We are already selling them we sell them military equipment, and they upgrade it when they get it. Amen. So it's amazing that 400 million Arabs that surround a million Jews cannot push those Jews into the ocean because God is going to take care of Israel. And in the times that we're moving into now, in the last days, God is going to begin to turn his attention away from the church and focus more on the natural seed, the nation of Israel. Okay? So that's prophesied about. So get ready to continue to watch. Israel be, will become even more prominent in the news and all of that business. And that being said, that being said, um, you know, our president has contracted COVID-19 and uh, others have con in the White House have contracted it. Melania has contracted it. Uh, Hope Hicks has contracted it. Several senators have contracted it. And um, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay this virus. But twenty to fifty million people get the flu every year. Okay, I don't. I'm not trying to downplay this. All right. But what I'm saying is, a lot more people are going to get this. A lot of people are going to get this. And the devil wants us to live in fear. Fear, false evidence appear, appearing real. False evidence appearing real. That's fear. And the devil wants you to be afraid. And so uh, we didn't pray for the president's safety and, and healing, I know, during the prayer time because the Lord didn't lead me that way. But I've been praying for the president, and um, he's God's man. I'm just telling you that as a pastor, because, I, because that's what my boss wanted me to tell you. He, that's Cyrus. I don't know if you know that or not, but that's Cyrus. Okay? There's been a couple Cyruses. There was the first Cyrus who let the Jews go back to Israel and to Jerusalem and build 
The second Cyrus was actually Harry Truman. Because if it wouldn't have been for Harry Truman, there would have been no Israel, nation of Israel. Read your history. Read your Bible. And now this president is the next Cyrus. And God is going to have his way. God's going to win. Amen. God's going to win. You know, I didn't, when I got sick a couple weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I just thought I had a sinus infection. I didn't realize it could be COVID until a week later. I missed all the fear. Shucks. I do know one thing that when I was laying in bed before I even got out of bed and my legs were aching like, you know, achy leg syndrome that you get sometimes when you're, you know, Johnny gets it. Johnny and Amy, it's got to be in their bloodline because they get it all the time. I mean, you, you're going to trip a Johnny or Amy. By the time you get home, they may be stand on, have their head down in the seat and their legs and hindies way up in the air. And they're like, well, I'm like, what are you doing? It hurts so bad. I said, well, I'm trying to get home. So I do know this, that when that achy leg syndrome was hitting me before I even got out of bed, the Lord said, what do you, I said, man, God, we gotta, I got to do something here. And I was taking vitamins. I was taking zinc, vitamin, vitamin D, vitamin B12. I was taking vitamin C, doing all kinds, taking medicine for all of this. And the Lord said, just rebuke the pain. Well, I said, well, what do you, oh, man. So I started rebuking the pain. I, I did. I said, rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And it stayed, and I cried the rest of the day because it stayed. Nope. Keep rebuking it because if you rebuke it, you can get rid of it. And it left. Amen. What I'm here to tell you is we can overcome this through the Lord. Yeah, I know I've had friends, college buddies who died from this. I don't, I, apparently, the Lord was done with them. That was their destiny, and that was... That was their time. So until the Lord is done with us, we're going to work. We can't work in fear. We have to work in faith. But we're in a war, brothers and sisters. We are in a war. This is not Republican versus Democrat. This is good versus evil. This is light versus darkness. Amen? And so we want to make sure that we have the power of God in our lives to uh, get ready. Now, I want to tell you this also before I get started. Um, I get in trouble at my house because my wife says, will you stop using all those slides and just preach? So I'll try to limit my slides today. All my slides have is just scriptures, okay? So I'm going to try to cut loose a little bit, maybe, and I might even sweat. I guarantee I'm going to sweat today. They got the heat turned on, and my steward laid out all my fall collection of clothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, never mind. We're going to the book of Esther today. Esther chapter 2. Esther chapter 2. We've got to stay on fire, brothers and sisters, because you know what? You get ready when all of those lukewarm Christians and all those, you know, uh, fringe Christians, they start having trouble and the, and the world starts coming down on them because they're going to need prayer. They're going to need somebody to talk to, and you better make sure you got some fire in your fingertips and some oil dripping off of your hands. I'm talking about being thoroughly anointed. Amen? 
I'm talking about being thoroughly anointed because this world's going to shake. It's going to shake. It ain't going back to like it was a year ago in 2019. It ain't going back to that ever, ever again. I highly doubt that it does. So we might as well get ready, get fired up, get loaded, get locked and loaded, get your magazines full, go get you some self-defense, hallelujah, ammunition, get those deep hollow points. Never mind. Esther chapter 2, verse 5. Now in Sushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. So Mordecai finds himself in the land of Babylon, in Sushan. And he is a Jew. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's been carried away captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. Let me say this. It doesn't matter in life what it throws at you, because God can use any situation where you're at. Okay? God can use any situation where you are at. You know it's so good to have you in church today, Sister Amy. Is it good to be back? Did you enjoy your lockdown? No. So good to have you back. Megan would be here today, and she's in a wedding today down south. And so it doesn't matter what family situation you come from. It doesn't matter what circumstances you come from. God is able to use your current situation and your current place in life to make you mighty for him. You may not feel mighty for him. You may not feel adequate enough. In fact, if we felt adequate enough, then really we're dependent on ourselves. If we feel like we can do the job, then we don't need God to do the job. If we feel like we can fix it, then we don't need God. And our human flesh kind of shows that anyway. Is because when things are bad, we all want to pray. We all want to seek the Lord. When things are good, we somehow forget about the Lord. We somehow forget about all of those things that he's done for me. And we somehow forget about how good he was in the bad times for me. And everything is going good again. But wait till the next bump in the road and wait till the next time when something bad happens. And then we're back seeking the Lord. And, oh, God, we need you today like we've never needed you before. Amen. Well, here they are. There's Mordecai and his niece, Hadassah, which is known as Esther. Okay. She uh, is living with her uncle. And there was a search in the land for a new queen. Now, apparently... Queen Vestai, the queen there for uh, King Artaxerxes, did not fulfill her queenly duties like she was supposed to, nor was she pleasing to the king. So there is now a search in the land for a new queen. And in Esther chapter 2, verse 10, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And 
now so Esther has been chosen with along with several other virgins in the in the kingdom to be in in the um, queen contest, like if you could call it that. It wasn't a beauty contest. It was a contest for a queen. And so she is in this pool of candidates. Now Mordecai has told her, do not tell them that you are a Jew. Do not tell them where your kindred comes from, your kinfolks. Do not tell them what your lineage is. And so she did as she was told by Mordecai and did not tell them that she was a Jew. So what Mordecai does is he walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Oh, Uncle Mordecai was checking out. How's Esther doing today? Is she doing all right? Is she, is she making the right moves? Is she doing the right things? Is she, is she uh, presenting herself before the king and before the chamberlains of the king like she is supposed to? Now, Mordecai becomes a very inf- influential uh, character here. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his royal house in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Esther has become king. You see, or queen, I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Esther has become queen. And now she has a crown on her head. She's an orphan. She's raised by her uncle. She is a Jew. She hasn't told anybody she's a Jew, but she has been chosen. She was divinely chosen by God. She was divinely chosen by what the Lord wanted to do and what the Lord knew was coming. Let me tell you something. God knows what is coming in each of our lives. God knows exactly what is coming in each of our lives because he wrote it out in the book of destiny before we were even born. Psalm 139. I believe 139 or 138, 16 through 18. Before you took your first breath, God had recorded every day of your life. Hallelujah. And so when God looks at your book, you're living your book. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You don't know. I mean, I'm sure that President Trump didn't think that this weekend he would be in the hospital at Walter Reed. I've been there before. He didn't think that that he would be there. He probably thought he was going to be on the campaign trail and doing his duties, but he finds himself in the hospital. We don't know where we're going to find ourselves this week. We don't know where we're going to find ourselves next month. But I'm going to tell you, God is not surprised by the things that come in your life. Hallelujah. God is not nervous. God is not afraid. God is not scared. God is not concerned about what uh, is happening in your life as far as he doesn't know what to do. God knows exactly what to do in your life, but you just have to learn how, and I have to learn how to trust him. I have to learn how to trust God. If I don't learn how to trust God, we're not going to get nothing done. You have to trust. And the devil wants to shatter. shatter. Huh. Huh. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in the soprano section yet. Hallelujah. Just a little bit higher. God is not nervous. 
nor afraid, nor is he surprised when you lose your job. Nor is he surprised when you come down with COVID-19. Nor is he surprised when, when, you, when you can't figure out what's going on in your natural body and you're scared because of a, of a lump or something swollen. Nor is, God is not concerned and God is not afraid of any of that. God is not surprised because God's hand, if you can learn this today, if you can take a hold of this today, every step, the Bible says the steps of a good man, they are ordered of the Lord. Amen. If you are a good man, amen, a good man and a good woman, which I believe that each of you are, hallelujah, God is going to order your divine steps, and he has a plan of destiny for each of your lives. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter your family situation. Doesn't matter your past. Doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is, is where we are going. Amen. Give the Lord a praise right now, would you? God wants us to make sure that we're going in his will. Well, how do I know I'm in his will, pastor? And I've heard, preacher, I've heard preachers talk about and, and teach about, there's the, they say there's the, the will of God, then there's the permissive will of God. Now, I never heard that. I mean, I, don't, I can't find that in Scripture. Either you is or you ain't. But if you will let the Lord direct your steps, nine times out of ten, you're in the will of God right where you're at right now. Amen. That doesn't mean that you have an assignment that you, you miss. You don't take up the assignment and the Lord moves on. Amen. And then you have regrets. All of us have regrets. You want to live your life without regrets. You want to have your walk with the Lord without regrets. You don't want any regrets. I believe that's what I told Kirsten. Live without regrets, didn't I? Amen. I've got a couple regrets in my life. If I had to do all over again, I'd go back and fix it. But you can't. No regrets, no regrets. Amen. You can't have any regrets. You got to keep walking with the Lord. Make sure the tattoo artist knows how to spell. You're going to put no regrets along your neck. That R is very important. Amen. You got to have faith and confidence that you are a good man and God is directing your steps. And God was directing the steps that Esther was, was finding herself in. Little did this little orphan girl realize when, when they took her captive and led her away from her home in Jerusalem and in Israel that she would find herself with a crown on her head, a tiara, a and a scepter in her hand. She would find herself sitting on the throne of the world's empire. But God had a plan and God had a purpose. Now, we may not find ourselves sitting on thrones, and we may not be sitting in the hierarchy and royalty of a world empire, but we are in the kingdom of heaven, and God has called each of us to get ready for what is coming. We've got to keep our prayer life up. We've got to keep our fasting going. We've got to keep reading the word. We've got to keep every day. You just take care of everyday business. If you take care of every day, God will take care of the rest of your life. If you take care of putting yourself in a place where God can touch you and God can talk to you every day will take care of itself. 
Hallelujah. You see, Daniel went to the lion's den one night. But he lived to be an old man. Moses was at the burning bush one, one day. But look what he did the next 80 years of his life. In fact, Moses' Moses' life really didn't get set on fire until he was 80 years old. You see, Moses spent 40 years in Egypt getting educated by the, the most affluent and the most prestigious colleges and universities and education system at that time in the world. He lived in the house in the courts of Pharaoh's palaces. Then he leaves at 40 years old. And he spends the next 40 years being a shepherd. He's just learning how to take care of sheep. He's just learning how to tend to sheep. You think, what a waste. This good education is going to waste. This good education, this fine upbringing. He's out here in the backside of a hill. Watching sheep. At the end of that 40 years, God appears to Moses in a burning bush. The bush was on fire, but it didn't get consumed. And lo and behold, a voice comes talking out of the fire. And for the last 40 years of Moses' life, he went into Egypt. He went back to Egypt, and he went back there, and he delivered by the hand of the Lord the Israelites the Hebrew nation, the family that went into Egypt as 70 people has now come out as millions and millions of people. Hallelujah. Red seas open up. Rocks begin to give out water. Hallelujah. Water comes out of a rock that followed them around in the desert. They came up to a well that was dry, and the, and the Lord said, sing to the well. And the people gathered around and began to sing to the well, the dry well, and what happened? Water began to come out of that dry well. What does that tell me? That when you're in a dry place and you need some nourishment, when you need some strength, when you need revitalized, when you need rehydrated, oh God, when you need all that there's some worship and praise if you can just get it out of your mouth and get it on that dry spot God will bring what you need hallelujah give the Lord some praise amen I told brother Dave I said look at this crowd we got a mega church today amen hallelujah glad all of you are back looking good amen survived. Amen. There's still another 18 to 30 million going to get this. Just open it up and let it all happen. Let it all happen. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a plot. There's a plot. Because the devil does not want God's man back in the White House. The devil does not want God's man back in the White House. Oh, well, Pastor, you're, you're, Pastor, you're, hey, I'm just telling you what the Lord, I'm working for the Lord. I can't help it if you don't like it. I grew up Democrat. Woo, yeah. Chicken in every pot. Democrat. The working man's party. Yeah. 
But you see, God has a way of changing things. You can't vote for a party. You've got to vote for righteousness. You can't vote just for a party or a person just because that's your, your aff affiliation. You've got to look at him and say, or them and him, he, she, or it, and you've got to say, okay, what is this? How do you match up with the Word of God? How do you match up with what the Word of God says? Oh, my. Oh, my. And so the devil is mad, and the devil is, is on fire. Literally, he's on fire. The devil is hating this whole thing that's happening. I'm telling you, but God is in control. Hallelujah. Hell is not in control. When you wake up in the morning and when everything starts coming in on your day, when everything starts falling apart, you need to stand up and with a loud voice, you need to declare, Hell, you are not in charge. Oh, pastor, that's all. That's presumptuous. Well, we're going to have to do something. You just can't lay down and get walked over. You just can't lay down and just cry and get in your corner and color. Amen. I still haven't figured this out. I mean, I, I, I see people my age just coloring. Coloring, coloring books. Color. You see, there's, there's been, there has been a, there has been an assault. The last thirty to forty years, there has been an assault on masculinity and manhood in America. Because it's what's called the spirit of Jezebel. And the spirit of Jezebel wants to destroy the anointing. And the spirit of Jezebel wants to destroy the masculinity of the anointing. But God is saying, when this is all said and done, I'm bringing down the spirit of Jezebel. When this is all said and done, I'm bringing down the spirit of racism. When this is all said and done, I'm bringing down this shedding of innocent blood. So you think about what we're living in right now. You have the President of the United States in the hospital with a virus. You have an opening on the Supreme Court from a very liberal judge that for 27 years gave us even stronger abortion laws, gay rights, gay marriage, all of that business. And now you have a, this President, listen, this will be the third Supreme Court justice in less than four years. you telling me God's not in control? You know why God is doing all of this? Because there have been men and women of God who have prayed for years for this country. There have been men and women of God and churches who have prayed, God, spare America. God, keep America in your fold. God, help America. Lord, we repent. And you know what? God is answering that prayer. And the devil does not like it. Just like the devil did not like what was going on with Esther. Just like he was going to try to destroy everything that was happening in Esther's life. You and I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I have told older pastors whom I have considered mentors in my life, I said, why? Why 
wouldn't God let me pastor back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? It's easy pastoring back then. You tell people, don't wear red shoes, they won't wear red shoes. You tell people, don't do this, they won't do it. You know why they won't do it? Because the pastor said. Now, I like that totalitarian, dictatorial authority. Don't wear big bows in your hair. I'm just making this up. You know what I'm saying. Today, you got to explain every time you make a decision. They want to know why. They want to know who said. And then when you tell them why and you show them Scripture, there's a chance that they say, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. We live, we're going to say everything is all right. We are all fine. Everything is good. But you and I have been called to live in this generation. We were not able to walk with Jesus and Simon Peter back in the Bible times. We were not there at Azusa Street in 1906 when the Holy Ghost fell in that horse stable in Los Angeles, California. And out of that revival came the Pentecostal movement, the Church of God, the Church of God of Prophecy, the Assembly of God. All of these Pentecostal movements came out of Azusa Street, turned the world upside down. People were coming from all over the world to see what was going on at Azusa Street. We didn't get the chance to be there then. But God chose us to be here now. Because God has confidence that we are able to handle what he wants us to do in this hour. We are made up of the stuff God sees in us. You say, well, I come from an orphanage. I come from a, a situation like Esther. I come from a bad lifestyle in my past. I come from people who don't have money. I have people, don't matter. I come from people who have no education. I am nothing. I'm nobody. You are the person God wants to use. You are the individual that has nothing where God says, let me show you that I have everything. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. Yeah, that was a good idea. That's a good idea. God has everything for you. God has everything. God can use you. Eddie, he can use you. As nice as you are, God can use you. Because he needs your nice, nice, nicey stuff. Because then you balance me out. Because I'm just an old grouchy dog. I'm the dog that when all the little kids come over, I'm laying by the door, and, and the parents say, don't touch him. Don't touch him. He'll bite you. Oh, mean hag. I'm Haggai. Hallelujah. Yeah. Look at that up there. Ain't that something? Is that nice? I can even read that. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you come from, but God knows what you, you got what it takes. Touch your neighbor and say, you got what it takes. You got what it takes. You got what it takes. You know, you don't say very much. But I, I learned something last year in Hawaii, that when you do say something, it, it's like E.F. Hutton. The whole world just listens. 
Amen. You're free now. You are free. You're not lost anymore. You're free, aren't you? Amen. Tim's a new homeowner. Let's congratulate him. He's a new homeowner. Got him a new place, a new crib, living up there in the great city of Ramsey. Oh, did Danny bring you a plate of cookies? That's what you do, Danny, when people move in the neighborhood. You take them a plate of cookies. Yep, I, well, Tim, if you'd have moved to my neighborhood, we'd have brought you some cookies. Actually, if we'd known you was coming, we'd just have baked a cake. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't matter where you come from. God's got a plan, and you're in it. We're all in it. Don't be sad. Don't be depressed. Don't be oh, just down in the dumps. Enjoy the ride. This thing's going to get crazy. 27 years on the bench, Ruth Bader Ginsburg brought all and, and allowed all of that stuff to happen. The, the abortion law that Missouri had passed, she was one of the justices that voted against that law. Hello? You know, when you leave St. Louis and you come through the great city of East St. Louis, you know, the burned-out buildings, no windows, that you better pray you got a big concealed carry walking through St. Louis, East St. Louis. Amen. The, one of the first billboards is for abortion. You seen it? Is it still up? Planned Parenthood. And I'm getting ready to preach. I'm putting together prophecies and politics in the end time on abortion. I got half that sermon done. The abortion industry makes billions of dollars a year. Anyhow, this Supreme Court justice that just passed away, she was, she was lauded and she was complimented. She was, oh, just praised because of her, her uh, stand for women and, all, and women's rights and women's blah, 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 blah. But guess what? God's got a different plan. God's got a different plan. And do you know that the woman who has been nominated to take her spot, Amy Coney Barrett, is a tongue talker. She is a tongue talker. She is a tongue talker. She's a charismatic Catholic, Sister Sylvia. That's kind of like what you are, Sister Sylvia. You're a charismatic Catholic. Amen. You're a, you're a Catholic hostel. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What would God do? Well, I mean, well, look what God does. God says, you know what I'm going to do? Now, Ruth Bader could have hung on until after the election. Ruth Bader could have retired five years ago when they wanted her to. When the Senate was Democrat and the President was Democrat. But somebody, some power, put it in her heart that said, no, I'm going to serve until I'm done. So then right before the election, enough time to get a new justice confirmed, the Lord said, hey, call up Ruth Bader. Take her number. Zip. She gone. 
And God says, not only am I going to replace it with a constitutionalist and an originalist, I'm going to replace it with someone that my spirit lives in. Isn't that just like Jesus? Are you seeing what I'm saying? You're worried about the end time. God's worried about you getting on his train. Are you on the J train around here? Are you on Jesus' train around here? Are you getting ready for the end time? Somebody better get ready, get ready, get ready. Because God wants to use you. God wants to lose he wants to use me. My Lord. I got to close because the Methodists are going to be in front of us at lunch. Amen. You got to fight the Methodist and the Baptist to get to lunch. Hallelujah. Amen. Bye, Alex. Love you. Be careful. Now, and when the virgins were gathered together, the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not showed her, her family yet. Okay, so Mordecai's in the king's gate. Now watch what happens. Okay, there's trouble that's brewing. Here's what's happening. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, big fan. If any of you get pregnant, Amber, if you have a boy, Big Than, Big Than be a good name, Big Than, Big Than Norris. And Teresh, that's a nice one, Teresh Norris. If you have twins, this is Big Than and Teresh. Hallelujah. Of those which kept the door, they were wroth, they were mad, and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, and he told to Esther, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. So Esther goes and tells this plot to the king and says, My uncle Mordecai has heard what's going on. You better be careful, king. Long story short, the inquisition was made of the matter. It was found out. They brought him, and they hanged him on a tree. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. So they hanged these guys. Amen. Notice they didn't arrest him. And then no cash bail and put them out on the street the next morning again. They hung them. I just watched a documentary on Washington, George Washington. And it was on A&E or the History Channel. And George Washington, the, the, there was some of these guys did not get paid. These soldiers did not get paid for years. Because the Congress was still so loosely put together. These states, each state thought they were a nation the colonies. And so it was very difficult to get the money. So there was a rebellion that had rose up in the, in the New Jersey regiment. And it, and it got Washington's attention. They came back and said, there's a rebellion in the New Jersey regiment. And what do you want to do? Here's what the father of our nation did. Go down and get the troops, get them back in line, execute the leader. Where was the ACLU when that old boy was? Where was they? Uh, he was getting ready to color something. He was going to push up some flowers somewhere. Hallelujah. And what they did was the people, the soldiers in the regiment, were commanded by Washington's men that he sent. There was about four or five of them. They said, you're going to shoot the leader. You're going to execute the leader. And they said, if you don't execute the leader... Washington soldiers had their muskets pointed 
at the soldiers and said, if you don't shoot him, we will shoot you. I'm thinking, I never thought of that in the founding of our nation. I never thought about any of that. I never thought, that's pretty, that's pretty cruel. But I'm going to tell you something. When there's a plan, you have to stick to the plan. And you know what? It may get ugly in this end time. And there may be people who walk out on you. And there may be people, I don't know why I'm saying this, but there may be people who walk out of your life that have been there for a mighty long time. And they're going to have to give you, they're going to give you a choice. It's either me or God. And you're going to have to choose God. I'm telling you, you're going to have to choose God. You better get that prayer and that fasting down and choose God and say, you know what, Lord, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Amen. You can go on out there in the world if you want, but I'm going to choose the Lord. And sometimes you have to execute things. You have to kill. Sometimes you might have to kill a relationship. Sometimes you might have to kill a friendship that may not last forever. But let me tell you something. God puts people in our lives for reasons and seasons and lifetimes. You better make sure that you find those that are God has put in your life for a lifetime because those people will be with you when it's good, when it's bad, and when it's ugly. Amen. Hallelujah. And so they killed these guys. Now Mordecai is a hero, but the only problem is the king Ahasuerus promotes a guy named Haman. He promotes a guy named Haman. Now, there's another Bible name for you. Hamedatha. Hamethida. Call him Hammy. Hammy Norris. Amen. Amber, you got some good names. I mean, I'm giving you some good names. He was an Agite. Does that name mean anything to you, an Agite? Agite? You ever heard of Amalek, king of the Agites? They hated the Jews. Oh, there's a history here. They hated the Jews. And so now the king says every time, where, everywhere Haman goes, everybody's got to bow down to him. Look at the last verse. But Mordecai bowed not, nor did he reverence. Now Mordecai, in my assertion, I'm going to say this is kind of like a street term, farm term. Mordecai was a stud. He was a man's man. He foiled the plot of the enemy, revealed it, and he's not bound to this guy at all. See, you've got to have some guts to live for the Lord. It takes guts to live for the Lord. It takes guts to live for the Lord when nobody else around you is. It takes guts to live for the Lord when it's just, it, it's not, it, it ain't always fun living for the Lord. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard to say no to your flesh. It's hard to say no to things that you like to do sometimes. But guess what? You're on the winning side. It's going to be a lot better in the end if you say yes to the Lord and no to the world. Amen? And so Mordecai is there, and lo and behold, Haman now saw that Mordecai did not bow, nor did him, did him reverence, and now he's ticked off. So he finds out where Mordecai's from. He lays hands on Mordecai. Now, he didn't want to do that, but he showed him, the, the people of Mordecai, wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. 
Haman, when he found out what Mordecai was, he said, I'm not even going to take him. I'm taking all the Jews. I'm going to take them all out. Amen. So is there a death sentence? Is there no hope? Sometimes you're going to walk and you can't find hope. Sometimes you're going to pray and you can't feel God. You know, there are times, there are times I'm sure that Amy does not love me, you know, at the same level when she walked down the aisle and she saw that handsome young man waiting for her, man of her dreams. And she doesn't feel that same love when I look on over at her plate and there's something on her plate that just looks so good. And I send my fork over. And wrath and fire and brimstone. That is my food. Leave my plate alone. But yours looks so good. And I don't know if your dad didn't feed you when you were young, if you didn't have food, if you had to share with others, then what it was. But there's going to be times that you're not, there's going to be times you're going to feel in God. Bless God, God is great, God is good. Amen. Let us thank him for our food, right, Raker? Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. There's going to be times when you're going to feel, ah, in God. There's going to be times when you can't feel God. There's going to be times when you pray and nothing happens. You fast and all happens is your belly button starts scratching your spine. Amen. Every day I fast, that happens. You believe that? You know that there's a lot of kinetic energy and movement when that happens in just one day. You can pray, you can fast, you come to church, you come to church and worship, and you don't feel anything. Anybody that ever happened to? No. All of us. Oh. Honest. Honestly. All of us. Is there any hope? You just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You just got to keep walking. If you don't feel him, you keep on walking. If you don't hear from him, you keep on walking. You know, it was about 24 years from the time that God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to give you a son until that son finally showed up. 24 years. But Abraham kept on walking. Abraham kept on looking because God said, everywhere you put your foot, everything that you see with your eyes, it's yours. He said, from the great river Euphrates to the great sea. That's from the middle of Iraq all the way across to the Mediterranean. It's really the Jews. Wow. So you come to church and don't feel anything. You know those powerful Wednesday nights that we have sometimes? That you're just looking at the clock praying, I, I don't have any more slides. When it's 8.05 and you're, looking, and you're looking on there at your Wendy's app wanting to know if you're going to get chicken nuggets, or a junior bacon cheeseburger for a buck. I know. Hallelujah. I know. I'm watching you. Yeah. I used to have the McDonald's app, and they make you sign in through Facebook. Mine never works, so I, I can't even use a McDonald's. I can't get any more healthy food from McDonald's, Dan. It's over. Yeah. Is there no hope? Is there no, pro is there no chance? 
what's going to happen here? What's going to happen? Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not. I hit the wrong button. No. No, where in the world? Where in the world did I go? Mordecai said, he, what happened? Trouble's brewing. See, now I'm trying to make this sermon shorter, and somebody's making it longer. Oh, I've got the, I'm holding it the wrong way. Never mind. My bad. Unless you want a pastor that will admit when he's wrong. I was wrong, okay? See? It, it does have its own. Thank you, Dan. It does have its own mind. you gotta, you got to get it under control. Mordecai is a hero. Yeah. Death sentence. No hope. Yeah. Yeah. So they look, they showed him the people of Mordecai. He's going to destroy him. Yeah, there we go. So letters were sent out through all the post offices, all the king's providences, to destroy, to kill, and cause the people to perish. All Jews, young and old, little children, women, in one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, to take the spoil of them for prey. The posts went out, being hastened by the king's command, and the decree was given in Shushan, in the palace, and the king and Haman sat down to drink. But the city of Sushan was perplexed. There's trouble brewing, and the king's sitting down to take a drink. There's trouble brewing, and things are happening. So Mordecai, when he understood everything that was done, he rips his clothes, puts on sackcloth and ashes, and he's out in the middle of the town, and he's crying with a loud, bitter cry. Oh, God, there's something going on. Oh, God, we need you. If we haven't never needed you before, we need you now. If you haven't moved ever in my life, we need you to move now. God, this whole thing is going to go under. This whole thing is going to be destroyed. You see, but God already knew this was coming. God already knew this. He wasn't shocked by it. He knew it was in the destiny. He knew it was in the plan. And God says, you know, hey, man, it's going to be all right. What about Esther? What about Esther, Mordecai? What about Miss Esther? What about her? She's the queen. She's the queen. She's in position. You see, God will put you in the right place at the right time. Don't worry about being in the will of God, the perfect will of God, the permissive will of God. Just be in the will of God. God will put you in the right place at the right time. God will put you in the right place at the right time. And Esther spake to Hatach and gave him commandment to Mordecai. Now, this is what Esther says. All the king's servants... And the king, people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come into the king, into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death. If the king doesn't tell you come in, he can have you killed. Except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But she said, I have not been called to come into the king for these 30 days. I haven't felt anything for 30 days, Lord. What are you going to do? Oh, God, I've got to feel you. Oh. See, that's why you've got to have the word in you. And remember, we don't operate by feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. I don't remember the next line. da 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 da, -da. Feelings. Not worry about feelings. You know God said it. You know God promised it. Amen. And Mordecai hears Esther's words, and he says, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. 
He said, if we're going to die, you're going to die too, Esther, because he's going to find out you're a Jew. And he's already put his stamp on the law. And contrary to what we live in today in this society, the law then was the law. Amen. The law was the law. For if thou altogether hold your peace at this time, then shall there be an enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Mordecai said, if you don't do it, God will use somebody else. He'll bring somebody else, but God's called us. God's called us to this place. God's brought us to this time. Amen. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You have come to the kingdom, brothers and sisters, for 2020. You have come to the kingdom for 2021. You have come to the kingdom for 2022. You have come to the kingdom to see God move miraculously. You have come to the kingdom to see a pro-abortion. Amen. Very liberal social, uh, very liberal Supreme Court justice die and be replaced by a Holy Ghost filled woman. Amen. Are you seeing what God is trying to do? You, we're looking at an election that, that they already have. Joe Biden already has 600 lawyers ready to go into action to fight the battle. Amen. To, to steal the election if he has to. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that they always find these, they just find enough votes in a state. Well, so-and-so is ahead by 10,000 votes. And somehow, miraculously, we just found 10,001 ballots. I'm telling you, it's a spiritual fight. And we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we're going to have to be the ones that push this thing through. We're going to have to be the ones. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to do something, Tim. Amen. You ready? You ready to do something? Okay, go mop the kitchen floor, and then we'll, then we'll talk about something else. At least it wasn't the bathroom floor. No, we're going to have to do something. I preached a message years ago. This came to my mind today. I went down to a little church in Louisiana. They had me come like once or twice a year for a while. And, and so they had done everything they knew, and they were trying to get, the church had about 30 people in it, and they were trying to get it to grow. And, and the Lord gave me a word for them. And the message that the Lord gave me was this. Somebody do something. Now, they had, they had, they had done everything they knew to do. And when I announced what I was going to preach, I think about 38 of them got mad at me. All of them plus some invisible folks in this. They were all mad at me. I said, I want to talk to you today. Somebody's going to have to do something around here. And they're like, so I began to share with them what the Lord had given me. And lo and behold, the next few times I kept going back there, that congregation hit 40, 50, 60. Why? Because God, at the time, it's needed. God gives you the word, and God gives you the, pro the procedure and the process. And God, we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We're going to have to vote. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to fast. It's time to mobilize. We are going to have to be the ones that put this thing through the finish line. Amen. We don't need a bunch of lawyers and counting ballots that come out of creeks and out of dumpsters. Amen. And they just found, oh, we just found enough votes here that Florida is now going for, for this guy. Or Florida is going for that. No, you know what? We need to win in a landslide. God needs to win in a landslide. You know, oh, Shikaba. I'm telling you, you people don't realize. 
realize what is on this election ballot. People do not realize. Brother, if the wrong team loses, there will be no judicial system. There will no, be no more Supreme Court. It'll just be a political arm. Amen. They're going to pack the courts. Amen. They're going to they're gonna get rid of the filibuster, which means the other, team, the other side will never have a chance to debate and slow down legislation. They're going to put a couple more states... That's right. That's how I feel at times. They're going to put a couple more states on there. Those states are going to put on four more senators, liberal senators in the Senate. There will never be another conservative justice to the Supreme Court. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're going to have law and order. I don't think so. There's going to be riots. They're going to get rid of the Electoral College. You're going to have New York and California voting in your president. I'm telling you, we are down to the throat hole. The devil has his hand on the throat of America, and he's trying. Hallelujah. He is trying to choke us out. He is trying to choke us out. Why would he choke out America? Maybe because America has sent more missionaries and funded more missionaries and, and ministries overseas around the world than all the other countries combined. Maybe it's because America has printed more Bibles and gospel material than any other all the other countries combined. The devil hates America. The devil hates Israel. The devil hates you. But God has put us in the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. It is time. It is time. Look at your neighbor and say it's time. Time. It's time. And I'm closing. I'm closing. You all happy? I'm closing. You got a good song, Kirsten? Huh? Seen that one when you thought I was worth saving, loving. Amen. If I perish, I perish. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai and the answer. This is what Esther said. She said this. This has got to be our attitude. Gather together all the Jews that are present in Sushan and fast. Everybody say fast. And fast for me. Don't eat. Don't drink. Don't play video games for three days or nights. It's amazing what we have turned fasting into. Tim, I have fasted video games for 25 years. I ought to be a man of God. I have been fasting. I have fasted. When you fast, it's food. It's food. Okay? She said, don't eat, don't drink for three days or nights. I also, my handmaidens, will fast likewise. Isn't that awesome? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to call a fast, and all you guys fast, and I'll just keep record of it. No, I'm going to fast with you. She said, I'm, we're going to fast with you. And so I will go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And this is what she said. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, so we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Let's all stand. Brothers and sisters, we've come to the kingdom. We didn't live back in the 60s. I didn't get the chance to pastor in the 80s. I didn't get a chance to say, that dress is awful wild. You shouldn't wear it on the platform. People think you're a flower girl or something. But I will tell you this. 
There were I know one pastor that had a large church, two, three thousand people. And nobody in the choir, none of the ladies could wear red. Because that was the color heart of tree. Amen. Isn't that crazy? We didn't get to pastor in the 80s. We're pastoring right now. God's put us right here. And there's enough here today to turn this region upside down. There's enough of us here today. God on our side, there's enough of us here. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And guess what? If we die, we die. Paul said to, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Hey, guys, where are we trying to get to? Where are we trying to get to? Heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If I perish, I perish. Well, the story goes that Esther went in and the king accepted her. And we don't have time to go into the details today. But the plot was exposed. And the gallows that Haman had built to hang Mordecai on. He got to use them for himself. They hung Haman on the gallows. What are you saying, Pastor? It's time to mobilize Family Worship Center. We're going to mobilize with prayer. We're going to mobilize with prayer for the next four Saturdays. Now listen, I need you here, okay? I started a church. And there were times I went to church and the whole congregation consisted of the same people who came in the same van with the same last name. When I got to that church service, I had a, a good sermon ready to go, but the, there, was, there was four young children out there in the congregation, so they got to hear about the prodigal son. You don't want to be a prodigal son. Amen. I need you here. If you can be here on Saturday, October 10th, from 8 to 9 a.m., if we can pray one hour, we're going to pray for the election. We're going to pray for President Trump. We're going to pray for the Senate. We're going to pray for the Supreme Court. We're going to pray for the House of Representatives. We're going to pray for America. We're going to repent. We're going to ask God. God, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our lives. The next Saturday, the 17th, we're going to pray at night, 8 to 9 p.m., the next Saturday, the 24th, we're going to pray from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Oh, that is so early. Well, you, you in work, you're at work by 8 o'clock, aren't you? Unless you work the night shift, you're already there. We've got to pray. We've got to mobilize. It's time. And it's time to mobilize with 21 days of fasting. We're going to put, with our prayer, we're going to put 21 days of fasting the fasting will begin on October 14th through November 3rd. I'm calling for two to three people to fast each day. I am going to put a list out for you to pick the day you want to fast. Fast a meal, fast the whole day, however the Lord leads you to fast. Now, you can keep playing your video games. I want you to fast food. Now, I didn't say eat fast food. I said fast your food, okay? 
Do what you can. You know what you can do. And then on the last day, election day, I'm calling for all of us to fast on Tuesday, November 3rd. Amen. Because I want my children and my grandchildren, as long as the Lord allows us all to be on this earth, to live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. What's scary is this. You talk to people who fled Cuba. You talk to people who fled Venezuela. And they say the first thing it starts out with is they tear down statues and historical markers. That's the first thing. The next thing is you have the riots and lawlessness. You see, the devil's trying to take America out because America is the only thing standing in the way of the enemy completely taking over the whole world and setting up the one world government and the Antichrist and all of that. So we're going to fast all together on November 3rd, and we're going to fast this thing through. It's time to mobilize, brothers and sisters. It's time to mobilize. Amen. So with that all being said, in this closing time, we got a song we're going to sing. If you are willing to help mobilize, or you're willing to fast, you're willing to pray, I'd just like to just open this front area up. Amen. And I'm going to anoint you with oil. I'm just going to come through. I want, if you're willing to do that, if you just come up here, and we're going to pray. I'm just going to put oil on each one of you to anoint you for this next 21 days of starting October 10th with prayer and then October 14th with fasting. Amen. So if you're willing to do that, would you come on up here right now? Amen. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to see things change. Listen, we can't do it with weapons and guns. We have to do it with, this is a spiritual fight. Amen. Amen. Brother Johnny, would you help me here? I'm going to let you anoint and I'm going to pray. A prayer of anointing on you. Hallelujah. So, brother, we're going to begin to pray in just a moment. Brother Johnny, just going to come through. Just put some oil. Anoint you with oil and make you ready. And I want you to start getting ready. I want you to start preparing yourself. I want you to start repenting and cleansing yourself. I'm getting rid of all of this junk, Lord. And then next Saturday, this coming Saturday, we're going to start with prayer. And then the next week, we're going to start with fasting. We'll have a list out on Wednesday night of people who are ready to fast. Okay, if we can have two to three. And the reason I want at least two, the Bible says you always go in twos. Because if one falls down, his brother's there to pick him up. Amen? Two's better than one. Amen. The Lord sent everybody out in twos. Hallelujah. So let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Brother John's going to come through and anoint you. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now. It's a call to mobilize. It's a call, Lord, to mobilize in the name of Jesus God, we're doing our part. We, I know that there's been rallies in the, in the nation's capital. I know, Lord, that there are people praying all around the world. I know, God, that people in California, they're meeting outside still in churches. Lord, I just saw some churches that I visited in California, outside. But, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we are coming together for a season of fasting and prayer.
for this election that's coming up in Jesus' name. This election that's coming up, God, there is so much that the enemy is trying to take away in one moment of time. That, God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that as we are anointed right now, that, God, you prepare us, prepare our hearts. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. We ask you, Lord, to take away the desires of the world. We ask you, Lord, to take away the hunger for the world. Let us begin to focus on what really matters, and that's the kingdom. Let us begin to focus on what's really happening in the world and realize that you have called each of us to the kingdom for such a time as this. You have called me to the kingdom right now for this time. You have called us to the kingdom for this hour. You have called us to the kingdom for this election. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God, you have called us to the kingdom. And if we perish, Lord, we perish. But God, I don't want to see anybody fall from the wayside. I don't want to see anybody, Lord, lose ground in the kingdom. I pray for those who aren't here today or are unable to be here because of health concerns and situations. I pray for them in the name of the Lord. Lord, anoint them as well for prayer and fasting. Anoint them as well in the name of Jesus. God, for this push, this last 21-day push to the election of the United States of America. And Lord, I pray that we win in a landslide. I pray righteousness wins in a landslide. That God, all the judges and all the lawyers can just step aside. For Lord, you have touched the people and the people have spoken. Hallelujah. Now Lord, we just pray. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost right now, Lord. Seal us up, Lord. Seal us with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Mighty God, mighty God. Move, Lord. Move, Lord. Move, Lord, among us. Oh, God, let a spirit of anointing come upon us to fast. I pray, Lord, that some, some folks in here decide to fast three days. Let an anointing come on them to fast three days. Maybe somebody seven days. I don't know, Lord, maybe somebody 21 days. But I know your anointing will be on them. Speak to us now, God, what you want us to do. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. And so, Lord, we just mobilize now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for this congregation. I pray, Lord, this COVID-19 would just sweep on through here and go on to the ocean. I pray for all of those who are still under quarantine, those who are still locked down, those, God, who are suffering with symptoms, those, God, who are already through it and recovering but are still unable to be here today. Oh, I pray for them in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for Brother Art and Sister D in the name of the Lord. I pray for Bobby and Caitlin and Gallia and Gabby in Jesus' name. I pray for Bob and Marlene Wood in Jesus' name. I pray for Nathan and Catherine and Caitlin and Addison, Morgan and Silas 
in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for Greg and Joy and Nikki. I pray for Sister Peggy in the name of the Lord. I pray for Michelle, Josh, Jesus' name. I pray for Ginger in the name of Jesus. I call to mobilize. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Mighty, mighty God. Lord, I pray all the fear away from us in Jesus' name. No weapon formed us to prosper. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hadi the pestilence shall not come near our dwelling place. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Pray for Brandon and Lauren, Emma and Toby and Lily, Violet and Isaiah. Pray for Dennis and Cheryl. Pray for Madonna. Pray for Judy. Pray for Chris. E.T.I. Mahai. Come on, call out somebody's name, brothers and sisters. Shande Holiada Mahaya. Pray for Mitchell and Caitlin, Megan and Edison. Hihalalahashaya. Pray for Margot, Allie, and Leroy, and Dottie, Frankie, and Sammy, Daniel. Madayana Ananama Ananamashaya Mahaya. I pray for Vernie, Gary, Dali Mahoya, Amahaya, Yemahaya, Amahaya, Austin and Natty, and Amber, and Alex, Abby, Clark, Susan, Mila, Jonathan, Tim, Mary, Zeke, Yenimahasaniyana, Amahaya. Call out a name that the Lord gives to you. Pray for him. Lords, Michael and Megan, Bentley. Emily and Courtney. Kirsten. Robin Rose. Dustin. Bella. Glory to God. Glory to God. Kiliani Adamahaniana Mahasandala Mahaya. Bekali Atali Atala Kahaya. Pray for Larry in the name of Jesus. Yimi Ashayanina Makoshani Amahaya. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do all things but fail Cause you never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will You can do all things 
never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. Oh, Lord. You can do all things but fail. Because you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle.